you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. All right, welcome back to Good Morning Football, presented by Old Trapper. As you see, the Big Apple, New York City, where the show is based. Right now, we go to L.A., where I am based, at least at the moment. And we do have breaking news out of Cleveland. A day after eight players were placed on the reserve COVID-19 list, we, let, we get word that Baker Mayfield and head coach Kevin Stefanski also testing positive as well. And of course, the Browns are placing or playing the Raiders on Saturday. And for more on this breaking news, we bring in from the December league meetings happening in Irving, Texas, our very own Judy Batista and Ian Rappaport. And Judy and Ian, there is obviously the potential that the status of this game on Saturday between the Raiders and the Browns is in jeopardy. Uh, well, frankly, what we're hearing on this end is that status is not going to change. They are right now prepared to go ahead with this game. Um, and, and frankly, I think that's what we should be prepared for in the coming days and weeks as they uh, try to finish the season uh, on time. We were talking to league officials last night as we knew that the, the numbers were piling up. Um, we didn't know about the Browns situation at that point, but the feeling was they had to figure out a way to get through it. There is no appetite for postponing games. They've had great good luck uh, up until yeah. this point but look I mean the season is short there's not much room even if you wanted to move games there's not much room to move them around um, and the feeling is really they just need to hunker down and, yeah. and get through this that they got through it last season and we didn't have a vaccine and so they, they need to get through it now yeah and the Cleveland Browns obviously play on Saturday and as of now as Judy said no discussion of changing the status of the game at all they also played the next Saturday, so if you were going to move it, where would you actually move it? The NFL did this last year and still got through the season, but like Judy was saying, I don't sense at all uh, any appetite for moving games. If you look at the Cleveland Browns situation, it is a lot. It's, I mean, yeah. it is a up lot. Against it is Baker Mayfield. It is Kevin Stefanski uh, with Mike Prefer, the special teams coach, stepping in as the interim. Um, Alex Van Pelt, the, the offensive coordinator, coming in as the play caller again, similar to last year when they, they won the playoff game without Stefanski, who watched uh, very famously from his basement. Um, they have Jarvis Landry not there. They have Jedrick Wills uh, testing positive. I mean, Austin Hooper, on and on and on. Nearly 10 players more are coming as they are rerunning tests in Cleveland. Uh, very serious situation with the Browns, but I think, Judy, you know, one of the main issues from a league perspective is what do you do with it when you have so many players who have been fully vaccinated, some, Kevin Stefanski got, got the booster, tested positive, asymptomatic, what do you do? Yeah, we should underscore that, that 
many of the players league-wide who are testing positive now are asymptomatic. That's the good news. They're, they're feeling good. Uh, the fact of the matter is, though, they're still in the COVID protocol and, and would miss games. So, uh, look, one of the questions that's going to be discussed here at these league meetings, as you said, is what do you do next? I mean, how, how do you get through it? I certainly would expect that we're going to hear more about increased mask wearing um, and, yeah. you know, going back to Zoom meetings, all the things we got familiar with happening last that's year. Um, I, I think we might revisit that. But um, certainly the feeling here is they're going to get through this. There's Again, there's not much room if you wanted to move games around, there's just not much room for it. Yeah. And frankly, there's not much appetite for moving games anyway. So we'll see where this heads, but certainly this is the topic of conversation here. For sure, COVID-19 looming large in the NFL. Ian Rapport, Judy Batista, thank you as always. And we should tell people that Kevin Stefanski, of course, is vaccinated, did receive the booster shot. So he right now, well, does not have to produce two negative tests over 24 hours. And so we'll see a special teams coordinator, Mike Prefer, will serve as the acting head coach. And as you heard Ian and Judy say, offensive coordinator Alex Van Pelt will serve as a play caller Saturday against the Raiders. That's how it would look like at the moment. Let's bring in my GMFB colleagues, my guys, Peter Schrager and Kyle Brandt. And boy, COVID-19 has really been a hot topic over the last few days here, guys. What is your sense of what you're seeing happening around the league, and in particular for this game on Saturday between the Raiders and the Browns? Well, it's really interesting, Will, because most of the league's decision makers are together right now. They're all in Irving, Texas, where you just saw Judy and Ian reporting from. And they're all in a, in a t conversation right now. What do we do with this? Because this game's on a Saturday and it's Saturday night and it's primetime and everyone's watching this game. But if, from a football perspective, the Rams got hit hard yesterday with eight new cases. We saw it in basketball, the Chicago Bulls, the Brooklyn Nets. This is it's happening everywhere. The Browns have been down this road before. Now, not to this extreme, not to Baker Mayfield having it and having to have a backup quarterback. But Last year they went in the playoffs and went into Pittsburgh without their head coach who was in a basement coaching and watching from afar with inability to communicate with his team during the game and they found a way to win a playoff game. If any team, and they had a bunch of cases yesterday so this is already wheels in motion, if any team has a case study of, hey guys, we have a football game on Saturday and we have to overcome, we've done it before. It is the Cleveland Browns, where they went into a playoff game, Kyle, on the road in hostile territory in a, in a situation where they hadn't won a playoff game since moving back to Cleveland and starting this new era as an organization, and they found a way to win with Prefer on the sidelines. Now, every year is different. Every situation is different. We're crossing our fingers that this game is still going to be played on Saturday. We're going to see how this all plays out. The NFL, as Judy has mentioned multiple times today, has no appetite to move games. They want these games to be played, but at some point there is a competitive balance issue, and if the Browns can't field enough players and don't have a coach, it does become a conversation. And I'm remembering stories of practicing plays in parking garages and things like that, and like just adapting and doing whatever the way you have to do to do in these circumstances. I feel terrible for the Browns fans. I feel terrible for Stefanski and Baker. You know, it's COVID and it's important in a, in a massive global scale, but in the football sense. How bad does Baker want to be out there? Baker has a lot of things looming, not only this season, but he's got the big picture stuff. And this is huge. This is absolutely huge at this time. So I sympathize with him. I remember last week when, when Jalen Ramsey was declared out, he went and he tweeted something and as only Jalen Ramsey can that was really honest. And he was about how pissed he was. And he says what a lot of these players say, what a lot of these people say. I feel fine. I, I can play a football game right now. 
Um, this is uh, frustrating, so I feel it for him. And Peter, I, I'm not gonna soapbox here because nobody wants to hear it, but I am guilty of one thing, just as a person. I think I'm guilty of psychologically moving on and maybe letting my guard down from this whole deal and saying, the worst is behind us, we'll move on, we'll do this. We have a platform here with a little bit of responsibility. I would just say to anybody, I'm not gonna tell you what to do. Just be aware. If, if, if it's getting vaxxed, fine. If you're not into that, if it's just wearing a mask, if it's just staying home, it's very, very, very real still. And now we're having players that you probably love and buy their jersey affected by it. So this whole uh, lackadaisical thing about that was a 2020 thing and early 2021, which I think I'm guilty of psychologically, don't do it yourself. It's here, it's not going anywhere for a while. Do whatever you have to do to keep you and your family comfortable. We have had more cases and positive tests in the last two days mm -hmm. in the NFL mm -hmm. than we had all of last year in any two-day span. So mm -hmm. it is still very much a thing. And to Ian and Judy's point, it's not like this is week three when we can reschedule these games down the line and we're going to find a way to do it. This is go time. The NFL wants to get these games in. Will Selva, what do you say out there in California? Yeah, lots of playoff implications for these games. Guys, I appreciate it. Of course, again, recapping our breaking news story. Baker Mayfield, Kevin Stefanski testing positive a day after eight players were placed on the reserve COVID-19 list. We had heard from Ian Rappaport and Judy Batista. Let's bring them in again. They are, of course, in Irving, Texas for the December league meeting. And obviously, COVID-19 is looming large right now, Judy and Ian, but there are are other topics that are being discussed there. Yeah, we'll get to those other topics in a moment, but certainly I, I think it's fair to expect that COVID-19 and how the NFL is going to handle what's happened in the last few days and what they expect is going to come in the next few weeks is topic A now, yeah. how they're going to get through. Will, will they change the policy? Will they change the protocols before they leave Irving, Texas, uh, it's certainly possible. This is something that has come upon them very quickly this week. Yeah, and one thing that we have learned about how the NFL has handled COVID and going back to all the way to last year, there have been plans and policies and they have adapted so quickly right. when they have needed to. Right. Uh, and it feels, at least just walking around these hallways here, it feels like the discussion has ramped up to a point where we may get some sort of clarity today on what it, the league is going to be going forward with this unbelievable uptick of COVID-19 positive tests. The policy all along has been very fluid, and so I think we should expect that going yeah. forward it's going to remain fluid and they're going to adapt as fast as they can, again, with the idea of getting through the season without moving games around and keeping everything on time. As for all of the other things that are on the agenda, that were on the original agenda before this came up, they're going to award a Super Bowl. Um, it is expected to go to Las Vegas. Um, that will be, uh, this year of course, is Los Angeles. Then we have Arizona. It was going to be in New Orleans. It is expected that Las Vegas will take that spot because there was a conflict with Mardi Gras, which I guess is probably the only event yeah. on the planet that can get in the way of a probably Super Bowl. Right. And then New Orleans would get it the next year. And then among the other big topics is diversity and inclusion as we get toward the next hiring cycle of head coaches. A huge topic here. We know that they have been disappointed in the results in recent cycles and they're doing all they can to try to improve the outcomes yeah. there. And I think it's speci uh, speaking specifically on diversity, Judy, one of the things you're probably going to see is a new implementation of a policy where uh, we already know that teams must interview two outside candidates who are minorities for head coaching interviews. Now it seems like the likely outcome is one must be in person as well, just to allow some of the really good minority candidates to meet the owners face to face and make their impact um, make their impact known and kind of build that relationship and, you know, with familiarity potentially leading to more 
hiring. You know, as far as as Vegas, obviously the draft coming up, Super Bowl in a couple of years. This is a lot of times you get rewarded for a new beautiful stadium. It seems like Las Vegas gets their reward, and for those of us who will also be going, we potentially get our reward as well. <laughs> Uh, other topics, um, they're going to talk about teams being assigned to countries where they can market internationally. That's going to be really interesting as they expand the pool of international games. And then at the end of the day, as he always does, Commissioner Roger Goodell will have his wrap-up press conference. Undoubtedly, that's going to be dominated by COVID questions as well. He is also going to get questions about uh, the Washington Post story that published yesterday, new revelations about Washington football team owner Daniel Snyder and the league's investigation into workplace conduct in Washington. So a very full agenda anyway. And then COVID again has overwhelmed uh, every other point of conversation at this meeting. Yeah, not a lot happening, huh? Uh, Judy and Ian, uh, thank you very much. I know they'll be hearing from both of you throughout the day on what has been happening. A busy one at that, again, with COVID-19 being a main topic in Cleveland this morning, a day after eight players were placed on the reserve COVID-19 list. Kevin Stefanski, the head coach, and their quarterback, Baker Mayfield, both testing positive for COVID-19. We should also remind you, week 15, yes, is kicking off tomorrow night. Definitely want to watch it. Chiefs heading to L.A. to take on the Chargers. You can see that on Fox, NFL Network, and streaming on Prime Video at 8 p.m. Eastern. Then on Saturday, it's an NFL Network exclusive doubleheader at 4.30 p.m. The Raiders taking on Cleveland to take on the Browns, followed by the Pats and the Colts. More Good Morning Football right after this. You go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day. And smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. So nervous. It's happening. It's happening. It's happening. Uh, welcome to Good Morning Football presented by Old Chopper Beef Jerky. We have Brian Bumgarner here. We did not scare you away yesterday, my friend. I'm back. I'm back, baby. That's the man right Let's there. Go. Let's do it. Our show is presented to you by Old Trapper Beef Jerky. My name is Kay Adams, Peter Schrager, Kyle Brandt, all here. Big week playoff pictures getting a little muckier and a little clearer all at the same time. This is a huge AFC West matchup that we have on Thursday night to kick off week 15. Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs taking a six-game win streak into SoFi to battle Justin Herbert and the Chargers. First place in the West on the line, our very own Taylor Bashadi with the latest. The Chargers are likely going to be without their left tackle and potential offensive rookie of the year, Rashawn Slater, against the Chiefs. He tested positive for COVID on Monday. If he can't go, offensive coordinator Joe Lombardi said Trey Pipkins will likely fill in in his place. He's been lining up for him at practice. They are more hopeful for Keenan Allen, who tested positive for COVID last week. On the injury front, safety Derwin James is officially day-to-day after sitting out of the game last week with a hamstring injury. As for Austin Eckler, he sprained his ankle in Sunday's game 
game against the Giants, but Brandon Staley said he should be good to go for Thursday. He said it's nothing major. First place in the AFC West is on the line, a chance to sweep the Chiefs. Joey Bosa said it's going to feel like a playoff game. And it will if Justin Herbert shows up and plays as well as he can play. This could be a classic all-time Thursday nighter on NFL Network. You can see it right here. Which team's more dangerous, you guys think, heading into Week 15? Is it Chiefs or Chargers? Yeah, um, both teams are playing really good. And on Sunday, the Chargers were in this, like, 4 o'clock window up against two monster games. Bengals-San Francisco and then, of course, Buccaneers-Bills. No. And very quietly, the Chargers absolutely demolished the Giants. And, like, it was one of those, like, hey, wait a second, look at us. Mm -hmm. And they are a legit team and who have already beaten the Chiefs. And yet, in the early window, Kansas City won 48-9 to over a division rival. <laughs> uh, their defense is really good. I want to show their defense because it's been the story. And we talked about Dallas yesterday, how their defense is actually leading the way. Kansas City, it's not just like a one, two, three-week thing. This is the story of their season. Their defense leads the way and the offense follows. They've been outstanding the last several weeks. It's not just a flash in the pan, it's legit. And I think they're going into SoFi as healthy as they've been all season, as, as amped up. And on the offensive side of the ball, they got a running back. Clyde Edwards-Hilaire looked great last week against mm -hmm. the Raiders. He looked great two weeks ago, and it's this stop and go, stutter step stuff that he's doing at the line. Of he's so low to the ground. Mm -hmm. it's, Kyle, I think I like Maurice Jones, Drew. I'm sure. trying to think of a couple other. Work done. Work done, where it's. Darren Sproles. It's yeah. not bite size, but it's like they run so low, uh -huh. right? Like Barry. Barry Sanders. It's so low to capture. Look how low he mm -hmm. is. You have to really get down there, really try to tackle him. I think, um, as my collar is popping up here, Saturday Night <laughs> Fever style for this game, uh, I honestly think that the Chiefs have the advantage going in, but the Chargers are a worthy opponent. And of all the Chiefs Chargers matchups we've had in recent years where we. I think this is the most even of mm -hmm. them yet. I think the Chargers are mm. coming in there not to be taken. And they could get the two mm. seed in the AFC overall. Even. How does that happen? They, they have to yeah. win and Tennessee has to lose. Tennessee has to lose and the Chiefs have to lose another game, but the, the Chargers are right there and they would have the tiebreaker over the Chiefs if they win. All of a sudden the Chiefs would become blue collar, actually. That's right. It's very different from you. Blue, yeah. We have a guest here. Brian's not been here for one of these discussions. Peter, for years and years you've been on the Chiefs and I feel like you hyping their defense over and over is your way of saying like, yeah, but he's got a great personality too. <laughs> I, he does. But he's also, like, smoking hot. And, like, can we talk about the offense? Please. Like, can we just get back? Can we play the hits? Because we, we saw want. a fireworks show last week. Yeah. We saw what we've been waiting for. The Chiefs have been treading water in that deep end, just kicking and treading, and then they have to hold up the weight and tread like they're passing the lifeguard test. And they've been winning while they've been treading water. Normally, six-game stretch, we're trying to find ourselves. We went three and three. No, they won all the games. Mm. And I really feel like this was not a Raiders thing last week. It's not an anomaly. Kurt Warner was in that seat last week. He said that after they'd gone to two straight Super Bowls with the Rams, they started 0-6. And we're like, what are you talking about? They had all the same players. We just didn't have it. We couldn't figure it out. We were in a funk. They started 0-6. The Chiefs have won despite that. This Chiefs team has won a game with 19 with 13 points, not anymore. They found a running game, they found their mojo, whatever the hell you want to call it. Every team goes through the skids. No team goes undefeated through the skids. I think it was an awakening. I th as much as the defense is, this is what I like. Mahomes screaming, fist pumping, touchdowns. I think the Sleeping Giant is fully awake and stomping on little villages, Brian. What do you think? I, I'm i going to differ from okay. the two of you Great. a little bit. I mean, you talk about 
their defense over the last 10.8 points over the last six weeks. Let us remind ourselves they played the Raiders twice. They played the <laughs> Packers with Jordan Love. They played the Giants. Okay. Right? Whereas, meanwhile, the Chargers have been putting up the last six games 32 points mm -hmm. a game. They laid 30 on them in week three. I think Herbert and Eckler, hopefully Eckler, I was not fully aware about his ankle. Hopefully he's fine. But they have just been so explosive. Uh, reminds me of another team in the NFC that has that powerful running game to go with a strong-armed quarterback that can make any kind of throw. I like the Chargers to put it on the Chiefs this week at home and become legitimate contenders Brian, in the AFC. Brian. That's my bold Let's take. Go, Let's go, I love it. I agree That's with you good. for once on a team. I would like to see, I will say this, and Triggs, I'm going to throw it to you here. I brought this up as a point of... Not weakness with the Chargers, but Justin Herbert is tasked as a sophomore quarterback in this league to do so much. Like I'm not sure if he's not having a really great day if the team can win for him. Whereas this year, and it used to kind of be like that with Mahomes. Mahomes has to come and play hero ball and do all these crazy things. I've seen I've seen this Chiefs team now with as consistently as the defense has been playing. They're winning games with Patrick Mahomes has zero touchdowns at the end of the game. You don't see that with the Chargers. If Herbert's having a bad day, they're losing the game. So he needs to bring it and be great. And that concerns me in this matchup, this huge AFC matchup, and down the stretch. They put a lot on him. Yeah, I know they have a run game. I know they have a, But it's really all Herbert. Yeah. Herbert's clicking. They're winning. Last week, they played Mike Glennon in the Giants. So you don't say this word, but they didn't have Derwin James on defense, and they didn't have Keenan Allen on offense. Mm. And they went out there, and they still kicked butt. And it's like, all right, it, they can – Now, this week, if Rashawn Slater, who Taylor very – wisely said as an offensive player of the year rookie like candidate because he's been that good if he's out and it's Trey Pipkins that might make a difference mm -hmm. yeah. these are the things that you deal with as a quarterback and Herbert's gonna have to put it on him where are you at with the Chargers like do you know what you're getting from them week to week because right now I know what I'm getting from the Chiefs week to week they're Bengals West which, which is really fun <laughs> yeah. they got, they're fast and furious awesome highlights really talented the defense has been soft as hell, and that was when Derwin was out there. Like they, they've been run on. They, that's why I think I think tomorrow is going to be a shootout. At least I think the Chiefs are going to put up big points tomorrow. I really do. It just because they've come awake, and the Chargers' defense just objectively look it up. It's not good, especially against the run if they're getting Edwards Alaire going. But. They're one of these teams that I feel like are adolescents. Mm -hmm. And I don't know if they're grown-ups yet. You become a grown-up by beating big teams on national television. Tomorrow night's a great game. they got to bring their A game. Justin Herbert has to be fantastic. Well, it's time for Little Whiteboard Wednesday. Let's get into it. Brian Bumgarner is here on the show. We're excited to have him. Uh, and this Saturday, it is the Patriots, and it's a Colts. What a game. It's in Indy. It's part of a doubleheader. So this game, Colts-Patriots, is going to feature Kyle's favorite tag team duo of Patriots running backs. What do we call them? Ramon? Ramondre Stevenson. Ramondre. No. No, it's his name. Demondre Stevenson. Demondre Stevenson. Right. Ramondre and Damian Harris equals Demondre Harrison. Harrison. The player duo that will have the biggest impact in Week 15 will be who, Peter? Uh, they they really showed up last week, and I feel like now it's the final month season. This is when these two Bash brothers get going. I'm going to go Kittle and Bosa. Let's go. They led this team for San Francisco. There's a lot going on in the studio on. today. Uh, last week, and now they've got another big one. They play the Falcons, and this is like almost the playoffs before the playoffs. There's a bunch of little games within the conference in both AFC and NFC this week that are fascinating. We have one Thursday night with the Chargers and Chiefs, but of course you have one Saturday night with the Colts and the Patriots. How about the NFC on Sunday? Falcons and 49ers both sitting there right in the playoff picture or outside of it. Kittle, unbelievable on Sunday. Bosa, two sacks and sealed the game for them with the big sack of Burrow late in the overtime. I, 
I love these two right now. I feel like they're finally healthy, finally hitting their stride. Yeah. I don't want to fight those guys, Peter. And I don't want to fight them, especially <laughs> in cold weather or in the winter mm -hmm. or in January, where they've both been excellent before. I'm good on that. Kittle and Bosa, that's the duo I'd be watching for, not just this week, but for moving forward. I had to write really fast. This is messy. I'm going to call my duo lots of ease. Herbert and Eckler. I love it. Uh, lots You're a Chargers of ease. fan, Brian. We, I mean, I'm not really, but I am from SoCal. I am so excited about these two. I am not as confident about the Chiefs defense as uh, my colleague. Can I call you? Yeah. Colleagues? Uh, yeah. My yeah, colleagues definitely. around the breakfast table are. I think they're going to roll and have a, uh, I think they're going to change perception okay. this week. So I'm just going to call them. This is my new nickname. Hashtag me. Lots of ease. Lots of ease. Lots respect, of ease. I respect Brian coming in for two days and says, you know what? The first day, let's get our Now I'm just going to go bull take. Chargers are going to beat the Chiefs by 50. Let's go. <laughs> right? Like, I love that. I don't know about that. but <laughs> We're going to put it on them. Yeah. That's what we do here. We also do drawings. I'm going to stay in the AFC West. This is not my best work. It's a Bronco. This is a Denver Bronco. Yeah. I love their running game, the duo of Melvin Gordon and Javante Williams, or uh, Melvante Wilden, if we're doing that thing. Nice. Guys, they have combined almost 1,600 yards. The team is right there where they need to be with a home game against Cincinnati. One of these teams is going to decide to go to the playoffs, and I think one of these teams is going to decide to go home. You know what? Brian Baumgartner is inspiring me right now. I think Denver is going to win this game, and I think the Broncos are going to the playoffs this wow. year. I really do. They play D. They run. Bridgewater's not turning the ball over. Who knew, sitting in December, that I would just love the Denver Broncos in 2021? Vic Fangio, have a day. Have a this day. is my guys. The Broncos, I didn't know. It kind of looks like a dragon. It does. Yeah, it has the fire and everything. Or I just go to Google and I talk. A yeah. Steeler, too? Maybe four concealer in the it's morning. It's not my... I think it is like Barcelona Dragons. That's uh, what it is. You know what? The that's Colts what horseshoe, very easy to draw. This one's hard. <laughs> Javante Williams, breaker of tackles. He's oh my unbelievable. Gosh. He's so love good. that you love, love the, the run game. Yeah, they're going to wreck shop. They're definitely not going anywhere. So after their win over the Raiders, guys, on Sunday, the Chiefs played the wheels on the bus song, the child song throughout the stadium to get back at the Raiders. Why? Because the Raiders beat the Chiefs at Arrowhead last year, and they did a little victory lap in their buses after the win. The Chiefs do not forget things like that, of course, and I appreciate that. The children's song, gentlemen, that describes <laughs> blank team's 2021 20, season would be what song? What do you got, Peter? At some point, you just have to laugh at, like, your misfortune, and I look at the Baltimore Ravens, and I'm like, seriously, now Lamar's ankle is that an issue? Head, shoulders, shoulders knees, knees, and toes <laughs> for the Baltimore <laughs> Ravens. It's a banger. This thing, it's a banger, and you could put any body part in for the Ravens. They... Any player. It's unbelievable. And yet somehow, some way, they still hang around these games and it's like, hey, Snoop Huntley, go lead us all the way back from a 24-point deficit and nearly knock off the Browns in their building. I, the Ravens injury report, it, it looks like uh, looks like one of the Bibles you get in a hotel. And like, and Stamped it, by the Gideons? It's just so long and there's just a lot of words yeah. and it's everywhere you look. Uh, Head, shoulders, yeah. knees, and toes, Baltimore Ravens. Eyes and ears and mouth and nose, head, shoulders, knees, and toes. Knees and toes. They've all had it, yeah. every one of them. And mm -hmm. that's the injury report for the Baltimore Ravens. I commend them. Harbaugh's not going to win Coach of the Year this year, but my gosh, what they have to overcome every single week looking <laughs> at that injury report. That's I good. See Brian, sing us a song. My team is the Patriots, which are words I've never okay. spoken before. <laughs> my song is Baby Shark. Yeah! It is incessant. It keeps going and going. Great you answer. want it to stop, but it just keeps going and eventually gets stuck in your head. Baby shark, do 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 do. Baby shark, do 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 do. 
The players change. The song keeps going. Baby Shark for the Patriots. That's a great answer. <laughs> Last year's looked to be the year that the Patriots had jumped the shark, but apparently not. They're still doing it. They, they're reborn. Here you go. I'm going to talk about the Vikings, and we all know this song. It's been on commercials for years. Okay. We have a car, and we have kids. Bump, bump, bump. One, Why is it the Vikings? It won't go away, ever. You know, I don't want to call a children's song annoying, but it gets in there, and it stays for a good while. Uh -huh. Guys, you know the Vikings are on Monday Night Football this week. <laughs> they, they won't go away, and yet there's something endearing about them. You look at Dalvin and Cousins in his own little bizarre charms that he has. That commercial comes on, I'm like, ah, screw it. I'll listen one more time with these kids singing about cars. Well, and I've watched them. Also, got life. a kid playing electric guitar. Yeah, and they get the swing going. What is it? Very talented. When you hear those, dun dun dun, you know, here it is. <laughs> this song, I would describe it as it's just it never goes away. It's been around for years, and it comes on and just sticks in your head. That's kind of the Vikings. They okay. won't fully go away. And yet they do have this charm for them that they keep trying. I don't know. I'm trying a, to sell no, the it. the kids are charming. I happen to it think was, it was a reach, Kyle. But I like. The well, that's what the segment is. <laughs> I don't know. I this was on point. Brian's, yeah, it was yeah. pretty good, I guess. I don't know. This was the. I liked it. It's whiteboard reach day. That's what we do that's on the segment. I, yes. I like it. Is this the? Is this a pretty weird start to the show? All in all, in all, all things considered, this yeah, is a weird. This is, this is just a yeah. weird day. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Welcome to Good Morning Football, presented by Old Chopper Beef Jerky. We're in New York. Week 15 kicks off tomorrow. It is December 15th, and Brian Bumgarner yeah. is with us. We've got Peter Schraker, Kyle Brandt, myself, Kay Adams, and uh, yeah, Kevin Willen from the office kicking it for the next two hours. We're going to hit the lead block early to the AFC playoffs. Take a look at the playoff picture. Things tight at the bottom of the playoff picture. Five teams tied at 7-6. and six. Steelers at 6-6-1. Six, six, Dolphins and Raiders just a game back there at 6-7. and seven. The Patriots, Titans, and Chiefs, they're all atop the AFC at 9-4. and four. Patriots holding the tiebreaker. Why? Because of their 7-1 record in conference. And that's the game on Saturday night. Our second of two. It's a doubleheader on NFL Network. The New England Patriots sitting at the top of the AFC. They take on the Colts. They're just two games back in a wild card spot. Our Mike Giardi has the latest. The Patriots believe they know exactly what they're going to get Saturday night in Indianapolis. The question then becomes, can they stop it? Of course, I'm talking about the power run game that the Colts bring to the table, featuring the great Jonathan Taylor, who's had an MVP-like season. As Dante Hightower told us, how many runs has he had of 50 or 60 yards this season? If you give him a crease, he's capable of taking it a mile. The Patriots know they're going to have to match the physicality that not only Taylor brings, but of course, that tremendous offensive line. Again, Hightower talking about Quentin Nelson. He said, you don't see too many guys capable of finishing with the power that he does. Some of the clips on Instagram, he said, make you go wow. He said he was actually talking to center David Andrews. The Patriots said, what do you think this protection was? How do you think he managed to get that guy and that guy? And Andrews said, I think he just did it strictly based on instinct. 
Patriots are going to have to be instinctual. They're going to have to be physical. And Stout up the middle should be a fun night in Indianapolis. Can't wait. Thank you so much, Mike Giardi. It's the NFL's leading rusher against the league's top scoring defense. So for part two of the Saturday doubleheader right here on NFL Network, who do you guys think has the edge going into this one? Yeah, Kay, you mentioned 7-1 and one against the AFC, mm-hmm. the Patriots. And that's because and that only loss was like a week one game against Miami in Mac Jones. One even more impressive stat, they're 7-0 and on the road. 6-0, and sorry. They're going to be 7-0, and I think. Oh. I think they're going to go in here with the edge, and they're going to take care of business against the Colts because they are on a mission right now. They are like a locomotive. And I look at what they do on the road. It's like it, rookie quarterback, all these new pieces. Are we going to gel? It might mm-hmm. take a year. It might take two years. It happened right from go. And they're almost better on the road. They go into teams' buildings. And they destroy them. And I feel like they're going to go into Indianapolis with a lot of people saying, Colts, they've got mm-hmm. Jonathan Taylor. Yeah. That's only going to feed Belichick. I do think there is one major X factor. And I, I don't want to pick the winner of this game until Saturday afternoon because I need to see if Damian Harris is out there. He left that game. They, they beat Buffalo. And the big story was that they only threw the ball three times. He left that game in the second half. He we are Hamstring? Hamstring. We don't know. I think it's huge. Like, it is. I think this game is going to be determined by the running backs and by who can stop the run. And Mike Giardi laid it out really well. And we know Jonathan Taylor is coming. Mm-hmm. And we expect Ramondre and Damian to be out there. But let's keep an eye on this. I think this is a huge deal. Okay. Damian Harris's health over the next few days. You know we're dealing with a lot of COVID around the league. This one is about a hamstring. And I think it might be the most important injury update day to day. Patriots have the edge if Harris is out there. Mm-hmm. If he's not, mm. I don't know if I'm going that way. Look, I think it's a huge game for the Colts. It's a much bigger game for the Colts if they want to make the playoffs mm-hmm. to win at home. Uh, Jonathan Taylor, 7-0 and when he gets 100 yards. Mm. I think he gets 100 yards. I think it's a close game, probably low-scoring game, uh, ball-control game, but I think the Colts uh, pull it out mm-hmm. against the Patriots. I like them at home. The Patriots have had to go on the road, had that tough game at Buffalo. They've got to get up again. Obviously, their baby shark. Mm-hmm. They probably mm-hmm. will. Mm-hmm. Uh, but my take is is the Colts with Jonathan Taylor. They don't lose if he gets 100 yards and he's going to mm. get it. I really love the Colts. I love the coach. I love everything. But, like, the Patriots haven't lost in two months. I think the Patriots had the advantage. I really do. And I think it's going to be Mac Jones. What's interesting here is that, okay, so they're on the road technically, but they're in a different solar system than they were in Buffalo. This is a wildly different thing. This is not the wind and the snow. 72 degrees, zero wind. Like, that's passing atmosphere. I want to see Mac Jones do this thing. He's been so good, and like, I know it's hyped a lot, but he's thrown two picks in the last seven games. Let's remember, like, at Alabama last year, 13-0. He knows what it's like to win every single week, get every team's best shots, and never have that letdown. And you brought up this question, Brian. I don't know if it was commercial or on air. Who do you trust more in this game, Mac Jones or Carson Wentz? That, to me, is what it comes down to. Carson Wentz has not been in a ton of huge games. He has three yards passing in the playoffs. That's it. Three yards more than Mac Jones. I actually go with the rookie because Carson Wentz, when he makes mistakes, wow, they're bad mistakes. And suddenly, I don't know, maybe an insult to Indianapolis, maybe I motivate them. Mac Jones, right now, on this winning streak, I trust him more, and I think they win. Kyle, is there a team in the AFC that you trust more than the Patriots? I trust the Chiefs right now. You trust them more than the Patriots? That's what what you're saying about Carson Wentz. That's what it comes down to to me. It comes down to the Colts are playing really well. I want to see them. When I've said over and over again, man, I really want to see them in the playoffs. They're built to do it. When it comes to trust, I just don't trust anybody more than the Patriots right now. Including Including the Chiefs, yeah. Yeah. I, to me, it comes down to Mahomes or Mack and Belichick or Reed. Like, it's, it's excellent. It's what the AFC title game is made of. 
And let's check in on the NFC playoff picture. Week 13 does kick off tomorrow in the AFC between the Chargers and the Chiefs. Uh, we saw this in the AFC. Things are wide open in the wild card race. Niners in the sixth seed at 7-6. Seven and six. Washington holds the seven seed for now, winning a five-way tiebreaker with the other six and sevens. Uh, the Packers took over the one seed in the NFC because the Cardinals lost. Green Bay, Tampa, Arizona, they all sit atop at 10-3. and three. So after the Cardinals lost, yep, they are top. All-pro wide receiver Devontae Adams went on total access last night and talked about what that one seed would mean for the Packers. It'll be awesome, man. It's a, it's a whole different ball game when people got to come through Lambeau. As you've seen, really, since we've been since I've been in the league, teams, they play style change and just the, the confidence it gives us being at home in front of our home fans. Um, it's just an awesome feeling. Obviously, that weather coming, it, it starts to separate the boys from the men a little bit. And for lack of better words, weather for that. And and we've been through a lot um, and played in those type of games in that, that critical weather like that. So it's nothing new for us. So at this point, we control our destiny. We're in the driver's seat. So we just got to go out and get a couple more dubs and put ourselves in a good position to be able to cheer that first round. So they have the one seed, but they need to keep the one seed. How do they do it? They got to take down the Ravens in Baltimore Sunday. They got to hang on for that one for another week. Is the uh, NFC the Packers conference to lose, Peter? Mm. It, you know, it, special teams for the Packers is atrocious right now. They are a great football team. Their offense is awesome. Their defense is awesome. They are getting back some excellent players in Bakhtiari and Jair Alexander and hopefully Zadarius. Their special teams is amongst the worst in the entire NFL. And on Sunday night, that little thing that was bothering you was put to the national audience, and we all saw it. It has been bad all season, and I think this thing might might cost them in the end. And it's December 15th. The Packers can do something right now about it. And I'm not saying you need to fire the first-year special teams coordinator. I don't, I'm not saying you need to do anything drastic. Here's the thing. You still got four games you still got this playoff you can still change it you can still make a mistake is it theirs to lose if this goes down and they lose this in the nfc championship game mm-hmm. or the divisional round and rogers has to say that well it's because of the special teams gaffe that we knew in week 14 was our problem good luck with that offseason good luck with that and i would hate to think that rogers and the Packers don't make it to the Super Bowl because of a muffed punt or a bad special teams coverage play or something that's been haunting them all season. So, yeah, they're good, but they're not perfect, and they need to fix it if we really are going to take them seriously Super Bowl. Yeah, I'm kind of with you. It's also we've been asking this question for 11 years, and they haven't been back to the Super Bowl. We ask it all the time. They're so good, and that Rodgers is great. You know, Rodgers was asked once, is it ever frustrating for you that there's only so much you can do? In these big games, you're always standing on the sideline when the inevitable happens and you lose. It's not as if the Packers need to drive down the field and win as the for a walk-off, and he throws an interception. It doesn't happen. It's always some nonsense. Mm. Well, is it their, the Packers conference to lose? No, no. I, for 11 years, the answer has been no. No, it's I still mean, no. no. So you guys don't answer questions. Here's the question. The question is, is the NFC the Packers conference to lose? Talk about it. The answer is clearly yes, because they are now the number one seed. They, If they do not lose again, Mm -hmm. they will only be the number one seed. Therefore, the answer is obviously yes. Now, two points. One, Peter, you said, yeah, they're good. They're not perfect. That wasn't the question. Number two, Kyle, mm-hmm. you're talking about the past. This is a different oh, is it? Packers team. Everyone Abs- is different. Tell us. I, I hope you're right. Absolutely. Packers fan number one. Take us there. I, what do you got? I'm not saying I'm Packers fan number one, but look, this team on offense, let's go back to the Niners game. 
the Niners game, they faced a ton of adversity. They have 37 seconds left, and Rodgers takes them down the field. No timeouts. Mm -hmm. It's awesome. To win the game. They are, they are special, as we talked earlier about their balance in terms of not just uh, not just Rodgers passing the ball, but their two-headed monster running the ball. That's one. Two, their defense this year is clearly better. You're showing me 19 and 20. We are, are 18, 19, 20, whatever. Uh, they're clearly better this year, and, I, and all you have to do is look at a game. They were severely shorthanded without Devontae Adams. And uh, their defense steps up. I said it before, at the end of an hour, they have, they had a top three defense. They've given up some points the last couple of uh, few weeks, but three Packers teams have had top three defenses at the end of Talk the year. They've it. all three won the Super Bowl. My oh, man. It's well said. It's well said, but I disagree with you. It's not. Just answer the question. I am. The answer is no. It is not their division to lose. I'm not even sure they're going to hold on to the one seed. Well, I don't know why they. it's not their division, because the Bucks still exist. Mm -hmm. That's all we need to talk about here. You look at the Bucks schedule. If they figure out the Saints, and maybe they do, it is so easy for them to win out and snag the one seed. They, you know, they can absolutely do it. They've got the Panthers twice, the Jets after the Saints. Even if they don't, Brian, they went into Lambeau last year and they won the NFC title game. So to me, the Packers have to prove that they can beat the Bucks when it counts in order for it to be their conference to lose. Yet they're the number one. This is what I don't understand. They're the number one seed. If yes. they don't lose, it is literally by definition theirs to lose. Mm -hmm. I also think, to counter the, the Buccaneers' point, yes. I think their defense is, is at least playing significantly better this year. Really like Stokes in the secondary. They've had some great additions. Look at They're Jair playing. back. They get Jair back. Big uh, Smith. Yeah. Big. Last year, NFC Championship game, the Scotty Miller play. The not as a Packers fan, was it here we go again, or is it more? Gosh, that was a freak loss. Like, how did you view it? The game. It was. I mean, it was a tough game. We knew it was going to be a tough game, and I. I think that their defense was not playing as well last year as it was this year. I think the decision there at the end of the game was mm -hmm. wrong. We don't know if that alters the yeah. the final score. I mean, I'm not an idiot eight. about no. that. Mm -hmm. We don't know, but we kicked the field goal I knew. Yeah. They weren't getting the ball back. Right. Yeah. That's a wrap. That's how, as a, as a Packers fan, yeah. that's how I feel. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day. And smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you.